Calvary Church is located in beautiful Peterborough, Ontario, and is committed to impacting that community with the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. Each week, one of our preaching team draw powerful life application truths from the Bible. Check us out here or online at calvaryptbo.church. Hey, so we are in week number two of a three-week series here that uh, that we are called that we are calling for our city. Now, this is a series, a vision series that I do every year around this time of the year because I want us to launch into this new ministry year all on the same page. I want us to be in the right direction, the same direction, working with each other along on the journey. Now, if you're new to Calvary Church, you're like, seriously, why are you doing this? I don't need to know about this. Actually, I think this is a great time for you to be a part of these services. Because in this series, you get to understand who we are as Calvary Church, what we are all about, and why we do what we do. And so I actually think, I've had, I've had people say to me in the past, Paul, this, is, this, this series is the reason why I want to be a part of this church. And I'm like, thank you. That's awesome. And I, I love the fact that we have so many of you here who are like, Calvary's my home. This is where we are. This is what we are giving all of our attention to. Thank you for, for sticking with us and, and journeying with us on this vision that God has given us. Now, I want to start right from the basics today, and I want to talk a little bit about what our mission is here at Calvary. I want to talk a little bit about what our vision is here at Calvary, and then we're going to get into some other aspects and pick up from where we left off last week. But the mission of Calvary Church is not different than any other church. I don't care if you come to Calvary or if you go to some other church down the street or if you're in some other community around the globe. The mission of of the church was established by Christ way back in the day, and it's the same thing for you as it is for someone in Cambodia who's a follower of Jesus Christ. The mission of the church never changes. It hasn't changed for 2,000 years, and it won't change for as long as time endures. The mission is the same. Jesus said, you need to go and make disciples. As you go about what you do on a day-to-day daily basis, you need to go and make disciples. Now, there are churches who like to, you know, provide different ways of communicating what the mission is. I'm not very good at doing that kind of stuff. I just like being blunt. What is our mission? To empower disciple-making disciples. That's what we do. Now, you may be like, but I don't know what that means. Well, a disciple is somebody who simply is a follower of Jesus Christ. Your desire, your passion is to know all of who Jesus is, and all of his teachings, and then implement them into your life. That's what a disciple of Jesus Christ is basically, in essence, is. But Jesus doesn't just say, I want you to be a disciple. He says, no, as you are being a disciple, everywhere you go, make disciples. Help others along on the journey of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And that's the mission of our church is to be disciple-making disciples. We pursue God, but we also want to bring others along with us to pursue him as well. So that's our mission. Our vision is our preferred future. It's what, what we feel at this season God is calling us to. How, what is it that we need to look like in the next number of years? And so as a leadership, we talked about this for a long period of time. We prayed about this, and we, we came up with the fact that we as uh, Calvary Church, our vision is to reach 3% of our community with the out, through outrageous generosity in the areas of our time, talent, and treasures. That's our vision. That's what we are striving to do. We want to reach 
the 3% of our community who need Jesus. We're just wanting to do our part. That's just doing our part if we, if we can. We want to reach the 3%, whether it be in Peterborough, whether it be down the 115 into, into other communities down the way, like uh, what's that one little community? No, just joking. Uh, Cavan and Millbrook and Ennismore and Havelock and Omimi and the list goes on. We want to reach out, not just within Peterborough, but outside of Peterborough as well with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. God's calling us to reach the 3%. We want to do our part. Now, as a church, a local church, there are certain aspects that I think are important for us to fulfill what it is God is calling us to do, to live out being a disciple-making disciple and, and to reach the 3%. We've got to do certain aspects. And so we highlighted one of those aspects last week, and that was a, that of worship. And we said we need to level up in worship this year. We need to take the next step. We need to go deeper in worship and in prayer. Now, a number of you came out last Tuesday night for our worship and prayer night that we had here. What a, thank you. Thank you for being here for that. that was, it was an awesome night. I enjoyed it. And, uh, and we, we spent quality time in worship and in prayer. And, and we're, we did it such, such a good job that we're going to do it again. The second Tuesday in October and November, and December, and January, and February, and March, the second Tuesday of every month, we are going to meet in here from 6.30 to 8. So pull out your phones, because some of you missed it. And uh, those of you who were here, pull out your phones, your daytime, or if you're old school and you have a you know, paper, pull her out and go to October the 8th. 6.30 to 8 is prayer here, worship and prayer here. And then put a repeater. The second Tuesday of every month, we are going to be meeting in here for worship and prayer. And we talked about the need last week and how desperate we must be seeking God's face and calling out on God. Now, some of you aren't doing anything with your phones. This is a great time to put it in there, people. The second Tuesday of every month, from 6.30 to 8. Some of you are like, I have kids. I know, that's why we're doing it then. Because the kids programs and the youth programs are on. So you can be in here with me. Praying and worshiping. The second Tuesday of every month. From 6.30 to 8. Okay. Anyways, so we looked at that last week. We need to pray, people. We just, we just need to pray. The other two aspects that we need to focus on are community and outreach. We're going to deal with community next week. Today, I want to deal with outreach. See, that, listen, there's no doubt in my mind that the greatest need for any human being is the need for a new life in Christ. No doubt in my mind. Without faith in Jesus Christ, we have no hope, period. Without faith in Jesus Christ, there's nothing to live for beyond this life. Now, I think having a hope in Jesus Christ isn't just for eternity, but it's also for today. And there's no greater, greater need in human life than the need for new life in Christ. God created us to have a relationship with him. Not just for today, but for eternity. But 
as I'm sure you're well aware, humanity isn't perfect. We messed things up and we live in a broken world. So Christ did something. God did something for us through Jesus Christ. Jesus, in John chapter 3, has a conversation with a, with a nan, man named Nicodemus. And Nicodemus was a, a high-ranking Pharisee, pretty high up in the religious circle in, uh, in, in amongst the Jews during the time of Christ. And, and he comes to Jesus at night because he didn't want anybody else. No, the Pharisees really didn't like Jesus because he contradicted everything that they were trying to promote. And, uh, and so he has this conversation. He comes at night and he has this conversation with, with Jesus about you know, the, the need to follow and what it means to be a, a true follower of God. And, and Jesus says this to him. No one, in chapter 3, verse 3, he says, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Now Nicodemus goes, pardon? Like, I don't get that. Like, what do you, how do we, how do, I can't, you know, go back into my mom's womb again. This is kind of weird, Jesus. See, this is why we don't like you. And Jesus is, he continues on and he says, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. People, because you are alive, because you have a physical body, because you are here, You've been born of flesh. But Jesus is saying, that's not the only birth you need to have. Your spirit needs to come alive. And it's because of what Christ did on the cross, now we can have new life with Christ and our spirit be can become alive in him. And John, after this conversation, John, the author of this book, kind of gives a little bit of a commentary on this experience with Nicodemus. And he quotes what we know as the most, according to baseball anyways, the most popular verse known to the, to the world. John 3.16, where he says, John's commentary on this says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him, whoever has complete confidence, whoever knows without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is who he says he is. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Huh. I love this verse, though. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. We need to get a hold of that, church. God did not come through Jesus Christ, to condemn the world. He came to save the world. How often, though, do we look through condemning eyes at others? we got to challenge ourselves. we got to catch ourselves in that. Because Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. And look at, look at what verse 18 says. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Why? Because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. You see, outside the church, people think, oh, it's the church and it's God who condemns us. No, that's not it at all. Jesus did not come to condemn. He came to save. We, by not choosing, by rejecting Jesus, we condemn ourselves. And you may be here this morning, and I don't know everybody's story. I don't know where you are on a journey 
in your relationship with Jesus. But you may be here this morning and you may be saying to yourself, you know, I don't know anything about this Christianity thing, but I want new life. I want a new spirit. I want my spirit to be alive today. I want to I encourage you. If that's you this morning, can you talk with me or maybe you came with someone who's a follower of Jesus Christ. Can you turn and, and talk with them and say, hey, can you help me understand this more? How do I, how do I become a Christian? How do, I, how do I believe in Jesus? We would love to journey with you. We'd love to journey with you on this. Help you understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Here's, here's what I know, though. You know, when we, when we tell others about Jesus, sometimes... You'll communicate the truth, the gospel message of Jesus Christ to others, but they don't want to receive it. They don't, they're not ready to take in the message of hope that we have to tell them. That's going to happen. Jesus shares a parable or a story with a point about seed that is scattered. And uh, we pick up this passage of scripture in Matthew chapter 13. And Jesus tells them this parable starting in verse 3. He says, then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came up and ate it. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. A little later on, he's alone with his disciples, and, uh, and his disciples are you know, asking him a little bit of questions about this, and, and he says the meaning, he kind of explains the meaning to them behind this parable. He says, listen, these, the, the seed is the word of God. When we scatter the seed, it's like, it's like telling people about Jesus. It's about the word of God, telling people the word of God. The different types of ground are the hearts of those in, who hear the message and how they receive that message. You know, some are like as hard as rock. Others have a lot of other circumstances in their life that grow up around this truth and it chokes out the truth. Others, the seed falls on hard packed down ground. And I, you know, in my 20 years of pastoral ministry, I've seen all types of hearts like this. Some who are willing to receive it quickly, but then lose their faith just as quick. Some who utterly reject it. Some, though, who actually receive it and the root takes deep in them and they live as followers of Jesus Christ, thriving in their faith. Here's what, here's what I see in this, in this parable. I think I see two things. First of all, God gives us an endless supply of seed to sow. There's no lack of seed. We can sow seed all day long. We can tell people all day long about the word of God. There's just no lack. And some want to use that. Some want to do that. Some liberally tell people about Jesus whether they want to hear it or not. They're just out there. In every conversation, 
that they have turns back to Jesus and they're telling somebody about Jesus somehow, some way, shape, or form. Some people have the ability to do that. Some do it in an obnoxious way. Some do it in a very healthy way. Regardless, there's no lack of seed. So anytime you scatter seed, anytime you tell people about the Word of God, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But I do know that sometimes we're scattering seed and it's not quite the most beneficial to do. Oftentimes, people's hearts are not ready to hear it. Here's the second thing I see in this passage of Scripture. I don't think hearts have to remain in the state that they are presently. I think we can help prepare people's hearts to hear the Word of God. This is what I call outreach. See, outreach for me is twofold. Yes, it's reaching and and helping people recognize their spiritual need and serving people in their spiritual needs. That's the scattering of the Word of God. But it's also serving people in their physical needs, which for me is about preparing their hearts to receive the Word of God. It's like picking out the hard stones. It's like tilling up the packed down dirt. It's like pulling out the weeds in their life, helping them get rid of all of those things that are hindering them from receiving the word of God. It's helping people in their physical needs and their spiritual needs. That's what outreach is all about. And we do this not because it's a project. We don't do this because we want people to think that, you know, I'm checking off my, uh, my to-do list today. Told them about Jesus. I'm good to go. You know, as Pentecostals, we've been traditionally back in the day, we've been really good at that, getting people at the altar and saying, hey, you need Jesus, and then we leave them there. And they go home, and they still can't pay their bills. They're still, their marriages are still breaking up. They're still struggling with this or with that, and we're not giving them any help physically. And the thorns of life and the weeds around them are just choking them out and they lose what we, we help them to understand. See, outreach is all about caring for the person in a holistic way. It's understanding, it's helping them in every aspect of their life. It's helping them in all of their needs, both physical and spiritual. It's not a mission, it's not a project. We honestly care for the people around us. People, I think this year, we need to level up in our outreach. We need to take the next step in our outreach in caring for people around us. Two key ways that I think we need to level up. I presented this idea a couple of years ago where I said, you know, Calvary, we need to own the hood. We need to take our neighborhood. We need to take the people that are in our circle of influence and we need to own that responsibility. We need to be living in amongst our neighbors. Whoever our neighbors are, they could be our physical neighbors that are living right next door to us. They could be our coworkers. They could be the people that we always go to the same line at the grocery store so that we are building that relationship with that individual. It could be our mechanic. It could be people that we play sports with or crochet with or read books with or whatever it is we do. Whatever our area of influence, those are our neighbors. We need to own them. We need to own those people in our life and say, okay, we're going to care. I'm going to care for you. I'm going to do what I can for you. 
Now, some of you in your neighborhoods, you, whether it be your, you know, at work or in your literal neighborhood, you have other Christians that are around you, and you can rally together and pray together for, uh, for those in your circle of influence. Others, though, you feel like you're all alone, that I'm the only one at work. I'm the only one at the Bible college that loves Jesus. I'm the only one at, uh, uh, just joking, just joking, MCS students. I'm the only one in my neighborhood who knows Jesus. You may feel like that. Can I encourage you? Last week we looked at at Paul's struggle. He kind of felt like that going into the city of Corinth. And he was just downcast. And Jesus had given him a vision when he got there. And it was a beautiful, beautiful vision for us, I think, to hold on to as well. Because he says, keep speaking. Don't give up. Don't give up telling others about Jesus. He said, I am with you, and I have people in this city who don't know me yet. But when you tell them the truth of who I am, they are. They are going to know me. They will receive. Challenge is we don't always know who those people are. But there are people in your circle of influence, in your neighborhood, there are people who when they hear the word of God, when their hearts are prepared appropriately and the word of God is shared with them, they will receive Christ into their heart. Keep going, people. Keep going. Own your neighborhood. So here's how I, I want you to do that. First of all, I think you need to pray. You, you, gotta, you gotta start praying for your neighbors, those people in your life. You gotta get to know them. You know, some of you, you have no idea who your neighbors are. And, uh, and you, you can be like, but I've lived here for 35 years. I can't introduce myself now. Yeah, yeah, actually you can. I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to go across the, the lunchroom and sit down with the person who sits by themselves all the time. I encourage you to go out of your way and get to know someone who you see on a daily basis. Get to know who they are. We have a, one of our life groups. Next week you're going to have an opportunity to sign up for some electives and some uh, small groups or life groups that we have here at Calvary. And I would encourage you to be here for that. And we'll talk more about that next week. But one of those electives that you're going to have an opportunity to sign up for is with the Fishes, Glenda and Keith Fish. And they're going to be looking at how can we interact with our neighbors? Why is it important for us to interact with them? And what are ways that we can, uh, we can comfortably interact with them? And so it's a six-week study. It's only six weeks long. And I would encourage you to seriously consider, if you struggle getting to know your neighbors, I would strongly consider you going to, uh, to sign up for that one because it will be a help for you to get to know who your neighbors are. And, uh, and so that's the second thing. So you pray for your neighbors. You get to know your neighbors. And then figure out ways to serve them. Whether it could be something simple. It could be for providing free babysitting for them. It could be inviting them over for dinner. It could be offering something besides candy at Halloween. Offer tea and coffee for, uh, for the adults so that you can build a connection with those in your neighborhood. Think about things outside the box. How can I serve? You know, one of the ways which you can serve your neighbor is not by you tangibly doing something, whether physically or whatever, 
But maybe it's redirecting them to someone who can. See, I'm not a plumber. I'm not an electrician. I'm not a mechanic. I, I don't know all of those things. But I do know people who are. And so when I see a need of someone, I might not be able to invest into that need specifically on my own, but I can maybe direct them and network them with someone else. That's helping them. Think outside the box. How can I serve my neighbors? How can I help prepare their heart so that I can honestly help them with their biggest need in life, and that's their spiritual need? And I think it's important for you to know, too, what, what's, uh, what's going on at Calvary Church. We have a lot to offer the different people in your genre. You may not, let's give an example. You may not have kids, but I'm sure you know somebody who does. Do you know what's going on in our kids' department, though? That you can say to your neighbor or your coworker who, who does have kids, hey, why don't you check out Tuesday nights? They have a, a kids' program for grades 1 to 5 every Tuesday, 6.30 to 8.00. It'd be awesome. I'll, you know, I can go with you if you want. So do you know what's happening at Calvary? That you even know what options there are to help with, uh, with those who you're trying to build relationships with. People, consider your neighborhood your responsibility. And again, it's to honestly care for them. Not to look at them as a project. So own the hood. That's the first thing. Second thing, serve the city. We, we want, at Calvary Church, we want to serve our city. Not just here on campus, but off campus as well. On campus, we do big events. We only do three big events a year. And we, that's very intentional. People ask us, why don't we do more? And it's because I don't want to. They're a lot of work. Today, you don't understand how many hours have gone into prepping for this afternoon. The Fall Festival, Christmas Eve, and Easter are massive events for us. And we put a lot of time and effort into those events. Why? Because we want you to utilize those events to invite people. But we also know that the best way to help people grow in who they are in Christ is that one-on-one. -on -one. It's not to have a mass event and hope people show up without us doing any work. No, no. Being a disciple, making disciples is about journeying alongside of someone. And I can't journey alongside of all three percent of Peterborough. I need you to help me on that. And so grassroots one-on-one -on -one connection, you inviting your friends and, and recognizing that I'm going to grow and I'm going to help you grow alongside of me on this journey of faith. That's what it's all about. So we only do three big events here because we want you to help have them come on a, on a pretty comfortable way. So, but we also provide midweek ministries as well with kids or youth or young adults or men's or women's or seniors. We do things like that on a regular basis as well. Just ministries that we have that are both for you as well as for those in whom you want to bring. Our Sunday services that we do every week, if you haven't noticed, they're not tailored specifically to you as a follower of Jesus Christ all the time. We want this to be a place where people, anyone, regardless of where they are in their faith, we want them to be able to come in here and feel comfortable. And so we tailor our Sundays in that way. Why? Because I don't want to leave anybody in the dust. Sunday mornings cannot be the totality of your faith. You will not grow in who you are in Christ simply on Sunday morning. You need so much more than that. 
And so we want, I want anyone who doesn't know Christ to those who may be deep in Christ to be able to follow along with us on a Sunday morning. That's important. So when you come on Sundays, it's important for you to be here, like we talked about last week. It's important for you to be here, but when you come on Sundays, whether you're volunteering or not, I want you to be looking for ways to serve as a community. One of the ways is when you're pulling in the driveway, instead of going, hey, there's a parking spot right up against the door. You know, instead of choosing that parking spot, say, you know what? I'm in pretty good shape. I don't need that closest parking spot, even though it's minus 30 and it's snowing out. I'm going to maybe let someone else who's not as mobile as I am have that parking spot. I'm maybe going to let somebody who has young kids have that parking spot. I think, you know what, maybe there's going to be a guest who comes for the very first time and they're going to be able to have that parking spot. I'm going to serve in that capacity. So it starts even when you get on campus, right away. It starts when you come in and you connect with people before service or after service or during service. How are you connecting with people? Don't just look for what I can get, but how can I serve? Hey, there's someone I, that's coming into my section. I've never met them before. I should go out of my way and say hello. I should introduce myself to them, help them feel comfortable. You know, we divide this room into sections, and that's, that's strategic. I, you, you guys are all creatures of habit. I do. I sit over there all the time. It's the same place almost every week. And you guys, probably 95% of you have sat in the same seat every service since we began. And, uh, and you're creatures of habit. I get that. So we're, we're kind of saying, okay, be a creature of habit. So then own your section. I'm not anticipating that you will know everybody else in every other section. That's not my anticipation at all. But I am anticipating that you're going to know people in your section. I want you to know your section well. When, when people come into your section, you should know their name. If you don't know their name, the sections aren't large. You know, some of them are a little bit bigger than others, but the sections aren't overly large. There's, they're not so large that you can't get to know everybody in your section. And I want you to invite others into your section. When you see someone new, when you invite someone to come with you, make sure they're sitting with you in your section. Make sure you're going out of your way and welcoming people into the section. Not just say, hey, my name's Paul. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about honestly get to know them. I'm talking about loving them. I'm talking about getting a place to a place where maybe they have refrigerator rights at your house. Where they can just walk in. They don't even knock on your door anymore. They just walk in and say, hey, I just need a cup of sugar. And they come in and they grab it and go. How well do you know others? I, I want to encourage you to level up this year when it, comes to, when it comes to knowing your section and caring for people and serving here on a Sunday morning. You know, I've, I've heard it many times when, uh, when people, I've talked with people outside of, of Calvary Church and, uh, and I just, they find out who I am or, uh, or they've heard of something that we've done or whatever. Fall Festival is a prime example. I've had many conversations over this past year about how much people love the Fall Festival. People who don't come to Calvary. They're like, oh, we look forward to it every year. 
We come to the fall festival every year. I've had multiple people talk, tell me that this year. And then there are other things. Oh, the children's ministry, the youth ministry. Oh, you know, I heard this or I've experienced that. Or I love that, that you do the community garden. I think those are awesome. You know, I hear those things all the time, which is really exciting to me. But I also have conversations with people, and they're like, Calvary Church, where's that? Pardon? What do you mean you don't know where Calvary Church is? Hello? You know, so we're not, we are getting better known in our community, but we're not there yet. I want people to know us. I want people off campus to know us as well. And so it's not just about on campus, it's about us off campus as well. Whether it's Calvary Church helping with the Good Neighbors Care Center or the Peterborough Pregnancy Support Services or Daughter Project or One Roof Diner or Youth Unlimited. These are just a few places that we help out on a regular basis with our time as Calvary, with our resources as Calvary. We support those ministries and more. But even more than that, it's you who take the initiative on your own to help in our community. Whether it be in your neighborhood, whether it be in your workplace, whether it be at some other uh, organization in town, and you are serving. But it's not just even where you're volunteering. It's how you handle the day-to-day stuff like work. It's how you represent not just Calvary Church, but Christ in the workplace. Are you the best employee that your employer has? I hope you are. I hope that you don't see your job as a paycheck or a, or a burden. I want you to go to your job on the daily and recognize that this is an opportunity. This is my opportunity to show Jesus to somebody who doesn't know him yet. That's how we must go about living throughout the week. Outreach. Reaching the physical and the spiritual needs. Outreach has to be of top priority for us. Let me conclude with this. We need to level up, church, in our outreach. And, and all of this, I say all of this for this reason. You know, I, I, was recognized, I recognized some stats a, a while ago. And I shared some of these at the Momentum Tour back in the springtime. I, I found out that on average, each and every day, there are three people who pass from this life into eternity here in Peterborough. Three people in Peterborough die every day. Now, I'm going to be optimistic. Stats aren't anywhere close to this, but I'm going to be optimistic and say even a third of Peterborough and the surrounding area actively are followers of Jesus Christ. Let's just say 33%. That means two people every day, on average, are dying and they're entering into eternity in hell. Two people. Do we believe? Do we honestly believe that God sent his son to die for us so that we could have eternal life. Does John 3.16 mean anything to us? Or is it just a nice memory verse? Two people today will pass from this life into an eternity in hell. Outreach is important. 
I want us to care for our community. Honestly care for our community. There's no greater need. None. No greater need in people's life than for new life in Christ. We have that hope. We have that answer. And we must help them understand that. Let's level up this year with our outreach. Heavenly Father, would you help us today understand who it is that we are in you? Lord, it's not our job to save people. We can't save them. That's your responsibility. But you do ask us, Lord, to reproduce ourselves in others. You do ask us to live not just as a disciple, but one who helps others understand what a disciple is. You do ask us to sow the seed. And so, Lord, I pray that we would recognize the need in our life for outreach. Lord, I pray that we would own our neighborhood. I pray that we would seek to serve our city. I pray, Lord, that what we do here on campus and off campus goes to forward the mission of, of, uh, of your kingdom. It's not about us. Lord, we don't do this just to make our name better. We don't do this for the sake of being bigger and stronger and looking all cool and pr pretty. We do this because people are dying and going to hell and they need you. They need you. I'm convinced of that. And so, Lord, we serve not for our benefit. We serve for those in whom we serve and their benefit. Help us, Lord, I pray. Help us to serve you well. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as you go today, I pray that you would grab a hold of this message and I pray that outreach would be something at the, the forefront of your heart and mind. See, we worship and we pray because we need God to empower us. Why? So that we can go out and do what it is he's calling us to do. And so I encourage you, I encourage you to keep that on, uh, on the radar. Listen, it's not, about, uh, it's not about you knowing all the answers either. But it is about you helping people know what you do know. And, uh, and so I encourage you to do that. Now, as we go...